Hallelujah. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Hallelujah. The great Easter response. Say it with me. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Hallelujah. People all over the world today are singing Christ the Lord is risen today. Hallelujah. The great Wesley hymn. We've spent the last week in Holy Week. We started off with Palm Sunday and went through the Passion and Thursday the betrayal, the Lord's Supper, and, and then the crucifixion on Good Friday, Saturday. Many have vigils. And today we celebrate Easter. Of course, every day with Christ Jesus is Easter. Every Sunday is a little mini Easter when we have service. So we're out of the buildings and out into the world today proclaiming the good news that Christ is risen. If you want to hear the word of God from the gospel of Jesus Christ, the gospel according to St. Matthew, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven, came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. For he has been raised. As he said, come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has been raised from the dead and indeed is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell the disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came to him and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. It's a great day. We all rejoice in the wonderful thought of Easter that God sent his son. He was born in Bethlehem. We celebrate Christmas. We prepare for Christmas with Advent. We prepare for Easter through Lent. We repent, we pray, we work on our devotion. And now the great weekend is here and Jesus has been crucified, died for our sins, laid in a tomb and has been risen for our justification and lives forevermore. And there's more to the story. There's the ascension and Pentecost and uh, the uh, reign of Christ Sunday and Jesus is there all the time. We have a hard time believing that as a culture and in our world that's full of trouble. And, you know, there's always been those that have doubted and we live what they say in the post-Christian world or post-Christian America anyway. And I've been thinking a lot during this recent pandemic. Maybe it's been a time that we can all kind of sit back and 
reflect on what we think and what we believe because we often are, are afraid. I was listening to Nadia Bozweber and she was talking about how the disciples were often afraid and Jesus called uh, Herod, that old fox, tell him I'm not worried about him. I'm going to be the hen and have Israel as my brood. And it brought it out an image of a mothering God, you know, that, that and it's interesting, I want you to remember that about women today because we're going to give women a lot of props today because Jesus used that illustration and said, don't be afraid, I'll, I'll keep you safe. But maybe not always safe, but you won't be afraid freed from fear because perfect love casts out fear. Back on The Simpsons, she was telling about Kent Brockman, the character there, and he had a little show and he went out and uh, he had uh, a little program and he was going around the people and said, get confident, stupid. Get confident. Well, sometimes it's just hard for us to be confident in our faith and be confident in what we believe. But Jesus has done the work. The Holy Spirit is real. Now, some folks have a hard time with that. I know it's a great big story, and in this world where we we are think we're so enlightened and we know so much, and of course there are things that science has changed uh, and, and shown some things that may have not been absolute. We know that there are things in the Bible that are stories that were leading us and in the best that they knew in their time. They were all leading to this day. We know that God created everything, including the scientific method. I mean, it's a way for us to learn. And But there's that little other element that we have such a a problem with, and that's that faith element. And I think the two go together. I, I've i always said that science doesn't uh, cancel out my faith, or neither does my faith cancel out science. I believe that God did what God did. God is, and God worked all of this out for us. There are people all over the world that believe a lot of different things, even within our own Christian faith that have a lot of different ideas. But what's important is that we find the living truth that the living God loved us so much, had a higher love, and sent his son into the world, and he came and died for our sins and has risen for our justification, and we walk in the spirit of life, that we feed on His uh, the bread of life, and we drink from the cup, and we have eternal life. We look around and we say, well, is there really a, anything to all of this? And there was a guy by the name of Lee Strobel who was a reporter for the Chicago Tribune and there was a movie made, The Case for Christ. And, and there was a, he, he was a devout atheist and his wife became a Christian and he was set out to prove her wrong. And as he found more and more that there was no way to disprove all the claims of Jesus because there was historical record, there were witnesses and the women witnesses was one thing, uh, all four gospels. You talk about women being at the tomb and proclaiming that he had been risen from the dead. And so why is that profound? Because in that day, women's word would not have been taken as seriously. And even by the time the Gospels were written, women still didn't 
uh, have that place uh, of equality. And their word didn't mean as much, and they could have switched that around, but they went on what had happened and even took the word of what in that day, thank God those times have changed greatly, but it was hard for uh, many to believe and put their trust in what, what women would say because of their perception in that day. But God chose those women, and that's a special message to us all. And and just as just as women bring forth life in this world, they brought forth that message of eternal life before anyone else. And it stayed there, and it stayed as proof that they were willing to put their trust in the words of these women, and they saw it themselves. And all through these 2,000-some years that the gospel has been proclaimed, and we've been evolving in our faith, and now we're sitting in our houses thinking about all of this stuff. Some people say they don't believe in God, and all of this is foolishness, but the Apostle Paul said, what is foolishness to men is wisdom to God, and vice versa. So it's hard for us. We're a little hard-headed sometimes. I, uh, Reverend Ron Cape said uh, recently on Facebook that folks say they don't believe in God because they can't see him. Well, we can't see this virus that we're concerned about, can we? But we can certainly see the effects. We can't see the spirit, but we see the, or we can't see the wind, but we see its effects. And so we necessarily can't see the spirit but we see the effects of what God does. Oh, you say, but Sid, there's so much wrong in the world and people hurt each other. People do others wrong. You can ask any pastor if somebody's done them wrong in a church and sometimes people unintentionally hurt other people's feelings or sometimes they do it intentionally. Uh, sometimes things happen just by mistake or things are taken uh, wrong or something that is said or something that's done. Sometimes people could just be plain out mean. There's a lot of wrong in our world, and there's a lot of darkness in our world. And, but on this day of days, we see a light and a ray of hope. Someone asked me the other day would, that I think that uh, this might bring revival uh, to our world or to our country. And I, when you think about that word revival, uh, I guess that means a, a renewal of, of faith and uh and I was reading about uh, the case for Christ and that someone had told uh, someone about Jesus and there was written proof and all uh, the historical uh, texts there and even uh, from the Roman doctors and people that wrote in that day how Christians, uh, when they were thrown to the lions and were put on posts and set a fire that they would sing the jubilist that they sang for joy and they had never seen that kind of peace before. And it's just a, uh, so many things that have happened and people have given their lives and gone through the ages for this faith that keeps evolving. So I don't know if this time will make that big a difference, but I think it's really made a big difference for we, the church, that we've left outside of those walls because we've been wanting folks to come in and fill those buildings for quite some time now. And we had to get outside those walls. And I think more people are hearing me, for one, and hearing Faith United Methodist Church. They hadn't heard a whole lot 
from me and preaching and sharing the gospel in a long time. And a lot of churches, and I'm sure that's true for every single church in this country and around the world. New technology, new ways of reaching out, and the message is going out. Do I want a revival of faith? Yes, I do. Do I want legalism? Do I want injustice? No, I don't want that. I want us to see what the faith really is and ask God to show us and enlighten us of what really should be the life of a Christian or anyone that loves God or any human being that is enlightened, that we learn to love each other and learn to love justice because that's what the scripture says, love justice, to to feed the poor, to care for the widow, care for those that are in prison, to look after each other. See, it's easy to talk about all of this and sing on a day like this and rejoice because we believe it, but living it is a different story. That's what some Jesuit priest wrote about. Uh, I wish I could think of his name right now, but I remember reading, uh, talking about the um, Case for Christ movie, that many of our Christian movies, they, they talk about, well, if you, you choose not to believe, because, well, yeah, we got to believe in this risen Christ, and we believe that God tells us to love our neighbor and pray for those that, you know, all the time, even if they're not good to us or treat us wrong and forgive them, turn the other cheek and live out our faith. That's the hard part. Now, some say the hard part is to admit that we're sinners and that we need God. That is a little tough sometimes for some folks. I grew up in church, and it was still hard for me, but I was about 15 when I decided that. But have I doubted through all of these 62 years, almost 62 years? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I've had times where I was discouraged and just felt like it was, you know, really uh, something that I couldn't believe in. And one thing, but always that little voice would come back to me and that little thing deep down in my heart that would let me know just as that balloon, as they say, was about to hit the ground, God would tap it back up and renew my faith. And that's what God does to us. That's what we do when we come together, when we read the scriptures, when we talk and when we pray and when we commune with God and listen to his voice. When we share this love with other people, it's a higher love. It's a, I had to create a whole new word for it, agape. It's not like brotherly love, romantic love, or doing good love. It's a love that you can't even explain, that it's outrageous, that you forgive people who have done nasty things to you, that you, that you are willing to hear God's word, and you're willing to do what God wants you to do, even if it's all the way to... Uh, to a bad ending for you, but it's a glorious ending in the end. And we ask ourselves, are we willing to do that? I've asked myself many times, and 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 I see people doing it all around the world, and I say, am I bold enough to do that? It's just hard enough for me to, to minister to a little church, because I know me. I know my sins. I know my shortcomings, and I know how judgmental people are, and I know how hard that we all can be, but I know that God loves all of us in spite of our faults, in spite of our sins. I know God loves me in spite of what anybody says about me or what anybody does to me. And that's what the resurrection is about. And that's what we need to be sharing to others.
Someone asked Martin Luther, what would he do if he knew that the world was going to end tomorrow? And he said, I'd plant an apple tree. How amazing and profound is that? I'd plant an apple tree. That's what God has done through Jesus Christ. The apple tree, the life will go on. That's outrageous faith. Proclaim with me our faith today. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty, from thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and evermore shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. Eternal and gracious God, thank you today that we live in the resurrection time, that the resurrection is in our hearts and life because Jesus was raised from the dead, because he lives, we can live, because he knows the future, and life is worth the living just because he lives, and we know it deep in our hearts. It's not always plain and clear, but something deep down inside of us gives us the faith to overcome the world. It's a hope that we hold close to. And we know that many are afraid today, but because Jesus is that loving God, that mothering hen that keeps us from fear, that lets us know that everything's going to be okay in the end. We pray for those in authority. We pray for our president. We pray for our government and all of those uh, folks around the world that are first responders and caring for those that are ill. In this time, we thank you for them, Lord. We pray that you would give them strength. Help us all, Lord, to learn something special from this time. Help us, Lord, to be more loving and forgiving and tender in our hearts toward each other throughout the world. It's not that we can't disagree, that we can't have our beliefs and think differently and think and let think but we can do it in love. Lord, pray for those that need you, that are on our hearts, that are on our prayer list. We thank you that Jesus is risen from the dead and that he lives forevermore. We, and we pray in his name, who taught us to pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Before you leave today, you're going to see some songs at the end. Stay on and sing uh, whatever uh, Andrew puts up 
on the screen for you to sing, and Gail provides the music. We appreciate her so much. We're so fortunate to have her as our pianist and such an accomplished pianist, and we appreciate her ministry in the church. And we appreciate your ministry to the church as well, and you're going to see the address to the treasurer, Pat Hussey, and we want you to remember to send your tithes and your offerings and they're coming in slowly but we got to pay the bills over at the church at the building we're, we're outside the church is outside the building but the, the the bills keep coming folks so we need you to remember to send uh your offerings to be faithful to god uh, while we're away from the building and it's just a reminder if you'll please do that we appreciate it so much and i know that you love the church and you want Faith United Methodist Church on Valley Hill Road to continue. And so we ask you to uh, take that extra step and to uh, keep your commitment of your gifts. Now, as we leave today and as you remain for the music, may the love of God, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore. Christ our Lord is risen and lives forevermore. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, go in peace.